Podcast episode 304. Your host, John X. Thanks for joining us. Glad to have you back once again. And I don't know exactly where to begin here because I just turned this thing on and decided to start talking. I have no real hard agenda here. So this is an adventure for you as much as it is for me. Let's start here. Things are good. Things are quite good. I mean, what can I say? My kids are back in school. They seem really happy with that. I'm certainly happy that they are. We have regular childcare again. We, and by the way, that was me pulling up my sleeves. So apparently we're getting ready to do the work here. Um, my client load is really good. Things are great between me and Kristen. All things from the outside looking in are good and solid, and I have no reason to complain. The only thing that I'm going to bitch about is the fact that I am in a funk. My God, I am in a creative funk. It is brutal. And this show is at a fucking standstill. Literally, I've sent out a bunch of pitches. No one is getting back to me. And I don't know what to do about it. I got to just start being like Johnny Appleseed here and getting after it. Because... I'm looking at the site right now. Like, literally, I have it up. And I'm writing okay. Writing is taking forever at the moment, which I know I'm in a funk when I'm not writing fast. And I don't have, like, enough writing to do for clients right now. So my skills are all rusty, and I don't know what that's about. But, man, like, August has been a wasteland in terms of episodes. Um, Again, I've been writing quite a bit. But, I mean, in... The last, I don't know, month and a half, maybe even two months, I've done like five shows. That, well, shit, actually, maybe it's not as bad as I think. Maybe I'm just bitching because I'm in this fucking creative funk. I hate when I am here because I have lots of real estate. Like, literally, my time management is excellent. I'm staying ahead of my projects. I'm doing really, really well at that. And I have all this creative real estate to be like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to write. Here's like shows I want to do. And it's just not coming. It's just not fucking coming. And I don't know exactly how to get out of it or what's contributing to it. But I, I have a couple of thoughts here. One, I wrote an article. When was that? That was... Mid-August, August 13th, five ways I've been mashing the, the, the nostalgia joy buzzer recently. And I think I wrote in there that I knew a come down was coming once the summer was over because literally every single weekend this summer, we had something cool going on, whether it was my reunion or going up to Vail with my parents or the Beirut tournament or, I mean, shit, my birthday where I went to Portland, Oregon, which was phenomenal. I've always had... Something like one after another coming. And now that that's slowed down, and I thought about this recently. When Labor Day happens, there's not a four-day work week until fucking Thanksgiving. Holy shit. What a weird, depressing stretch of the calendar that is. 
because in the summer there's always stuff going on and you're going on vacation and there's holidays and like cool shit to do. And then fall rolls around and a former colleague of mine used to refer to it as harvest season. And I thought that was really apropos. Yeah. Okay. You've been having fun out in the sun. Now it's time to go to work, asshole. You got to get in the fields and start tilling the fucking wheat or whatever it is. I clearly don't know farming, but it's time to work. It's fall. It's harvest season. It's time to put in the hours. So number one, I knew there was going to be a big come down. And I think a part of me is dealing with that. And that's never fun. But I mean, I knew it was coming. So I'm eating better. I'm working out more. Uh, I had my first cold for the first time in a year and a half. It was not COVID, but it was like a cold. It was the first time I've been sick in God damn, man, what, 20 months? Like more than a year and a half? And I forgot how much it sucked. I'm like, oh, man, why am I so lethargic? And, you know, I've got all this snot and stuff. It's like, you have a cold, asshole. You just haven't had one in a very long time. So it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I remember this now, and this is unpleasant. Better now, back in the gym. Uh, getting after it, feeling good about that part, but it's not the same as this summer, which was, I mean, at 39 years old, probably one of the best summers of my entire life. And who gets to say that at 39? I have no idea, but I felt great about it. So that's number one. Number two, the fact that summer itself is ending, this could be a shit summer and we're going into fall now. Like when football season starts, I get a little melancholy. Because that means baseball is nearing the end, and neither of my teams are doing shit this year. The Cubs sold off every player that I loved from, like, 2016. And so that's a great feeling when your team does a fire sale. Um, And by the way, fuck the Ricketts family. That seems like a real rat's nest of an ownership group. I don't know them personally. I, I don't mean to cast aspersions. But from what I've read, it seems like a deeply unpleasant kind of dynamic that that family has. Uh, but so baseball season ends. I'm not particularly looking forward to playoff baseball because I don't give a shit about any of these teams. Football season is starting up. Football is not my favorite sport. I, I know this country is super horny for football. I just I don't give a shit. It's not a game that speaks to me. Um, I'm happy when the Broncos do well and they're 2-0 and right now. And I watched a bunch of the game that they had against the Jaguars this last weekend. And I thought, hey, this was fun. You know, this was worth doing. And I was happy to watch it. But like, I don't get all horny for football the way that most of this country does. Like, I don't get excited to go tailgating. I don't, you know, put aside my whole Sunday to watch a slate of games. That's just not who I am. So when that happens, I know that fall is coming, and right behind fall is going to be winter. And so we are on the downslope of this, and I know a lot of people get really excited about this. But I suspect we've had our last 90-degree day. Now, that in itself is not a bad thing. The summer has been hot as fucking balls, and it's been a little bit overbearing. But I love the summer. Literally, I wish summer were longer. I'm looking forward to being old and moving to the desert so that it can be hot pretty much all the time. I don't want to live there now. I do still like the seasons, I, and I love Denver. I love Colorado. I love where I live. But I'm always sad when the weather starts getting colder because I know we are as far away from next summer as we are going to be on the calendar. And we have a whole lot of shitty winter to get through. And just when I think winter is ending, then we get to March and April, which are like two of our snowiest months. And I go, God damn it. Like you'll get teases that 
the weather is improving after coming out of the dregs of winter and darkness and cold and unpleasantness and just like fucking dirt too. That's the other thing. It's dry here, right? So when it snows, you're basically putting a big layer of water on how dirty the earth is. So like you're, you're suddenly aware of just how disgusting everything is. I, God, I fucking hate the winter. So I know that's coming. And I always have a, a seasonal come down. It, I don't know if it's full-on seasonal affective disorder, but I'm sure that's part of it, man, because I don't love what's coming. Summer's over, fall's here. I have mixed feelings about that. The fall in general is pretty great. October is one of my favorite months, but I know what's coming behind it, and I get a sense of dread with that. So anyway, that's number two. Number three, I still, I think, have a fin-shaped hole in my life. And I don't know that I fully dealt with that. And I know I don't fully want to. So I think intentionally I'm burying some of that, which I know is not healthy, but it's a survival strategy at the moment. That little bastard was... (sighs) Such a unique joy. And I know you feel this way about your own pets, or at least I hope you do. But when one of them departs you, You realize all the quirky ways they filled in spaces in your life that you didn't realize would now be absent when they're gone. And that sucks, man. Like, I wrote about almost all of them in that tribute I wrote to Finn. What was that? That was August 20th, so like a month ago. It's been a month. And that's not to say there aren't... I don't know. I don't want to say positives or benefits, but... I did not realize how much he was responsible for almost all the shedding in this house, which means my allergies have gotten a lot better. I mean, the the amount of cat hair in this house has diminished tremendously, not just by 50%, but by like 80%. And so you go, wow, all right, Jax, uh, you don't shed that much. And that surprises me because you look like you have longer hair. Finn was responsible for that. He used to destroy the litter box. It smelled awful. You know, we were giving him insulin injections constantly. And it it's not that I miss those things. I mean, like I said, there are some benefits here. But I miss, like, the rhythms of having Finn around here. And I don't quite know what to do with myself at all times because, I don't know, there was just someone else to bounce off of in here. And I'm home by myself pretty much all day. And... I have a fin-shaped hole in my life, and it sucks. And I, again, I don't know what to do about it. And at this point, I feel like I'm rambling about it. But, you know, it is what it is. So, the fact that summer's over, the fact that this summer is over, and the fact that it's harvest season, the fact that Finn's gone, the fact that we're still in this fucking pandemic, which... I was filled with so much optimism earlier this year when the vaccines were rolled out. I got my shots in March and I'm like, my God, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And then somehow, and I've already done the whole riff about conspiracy theorists and just how fucking arrogant they are and how much that bothers me and how annoying that is that in the face of this mountain of scientific evidence conducted by people who dedicate their lives to this issue You somehow fucking know better. That makes me insane. And the reason it makes me so insane is because I have a career built on people not fucking listening to me. 
You want to go, you want to be frustrated, be a PR consultant and do PR for people who don't understand PR and give them advice and watch them ignore it or change it or do something else every single time. And it's like, motherfucker, this is what I do for a living. Okay. This in my estimation, and you can ignore my advice. That's fine. But understand that it comes from a place of experience and from a place of wanting this, whatever it is, to be better. I feel like I am having that experience writ large as a culture right now. We've got people going, hey, the vaccines are safe, effective, and free. And then there's a bunch of fucking people taking horse dewormer because they read, oh, you know what? This could be promising. I've, I've read people comment on this. Like, you know, there are studies out there that shows this has promise. Yeah, no shit, motherfucker. You know what actually has promise? The vaccines that, if you go back and listen to my show, the vaccines have actually been in development for more than a decade. We've had coronaviruses before, never had an outbreak this bad, but someone has been looking at this for a long time. That's how scientific research works. Someone gets a germ of an idea, they build on it, they build on it, they build on it, they improve it, they improve it, they improve it. They get to a point where they go, hey, you know what? Maybe we solved this problem. That was so exciting. And now the dumbest fucking kids from your high school are the ones who are like, my body, my choice. And you go, motherfucker, you don't even know what you're co-opting that from, do you? You're killing me with this shit. It's, so that is also intensely frustrating. And... I'm certainly not blaming my own creative block or my own creative funk on this. But as a culture, it's kind of oppressive. And in many ways, I know I haven't dealt with the death of Finn. And this is a cat, man. Like, I know I could be blowing this out of proportion. He's a cat. We had him for 15 years. And I love those years. And maybe I'm overstating this. Maybe I'm not. But the reason I bring it up is because Kristen has told me in this pandemic... There are scars that we are going to wear for a very long time that I don't think any of us have fully reckoned with. There are elements of this trauma, let's call it, that I don't think we know how to deal with and that maybe we can't even recognize until we're years down the line. And the fact that this is being prolonged for reasons that are just so deeply stupid, I think is making me a little bit insane. And I don't know exactly how to handle that. So at this point, I'm really kind of belly aching. So that brings me to where I am here, which is to say, again, believe it or not, and despite the tone of this podcast... Things are quite good, and things are generally well. And I don't have reason to complain, but something is off. And I suppose my point in bringing that up is we don't often talk about our mental health. We think we do, but we don't. And I met with a friend yesterday. And he's a regular listener. He's a regular reader of my stuff. And it was good to get back together with him. But the thing I liked most, and the fact that we're both men, I think, makes this unusual, is that we hadn't seen each other in a while. We managed to get together, and we spent most of the time talking about 
how our mental health is doing. We were just kind of checking in with each other. And I thought, damn, man, like that's one thing I missed during the pandemic. And I'm happy is back. We were able to get together at this great little coffee shop. He had, I think, some sort of iced coffee. I had one of the best iced teas I've ever had. I mean, my God. Um, the, I don't know what they're doing there, but it was tasty and like layers of flavor. I, I could wax poetic about this all day. I'm not going to. But I thought, you know, this is really nice. We don't see each other outside of having to be intentional in seeing each other. And the fact that we were intentional in getting together was really, really valuable. The other thing I'll say is today, and this is pretty much the only friend I talked to on the phone. One of my friends called me while he was just driving by the house, asked if he could stop by. It wasn't a good time. So we just chatted on the phone. We chatted about Norm MacDonald. We chatted about an upcoming trip, talked about business and you know partnerships that aren't great, that don't work well for you, on and on and on. And I thought, you know, I don't talk to anyone on the phone for pleasure anymore. And not that I like love talking on the phone, you know, like I'm some teenage girl in 1993, but you get a lot of value in talking beyond just pure text. There's a texture there. And I say that knowing that I create an audio product for a living. So, I mean, I know this in my bones, yet I don't do it. Why don't I do it? And I can't answer you that. I don't have a good answer. So I suppose what I tell you is start talking to people again. That's shitty advice. That's dumb, prosaic advice. What the fuck am I doing here? That's like a greeting card. What am I talking about? Make intentional connections because after getting together with my buddy yesterday and talking to my friend on the phone today, I go, you know what? This is good. This is really helpful. And I underestimate the power of that because it's so easy to get sucked into your own bullshit where, you know, you're just looking at your phone, you'll text people, you'll share memes or whatever, but ultimately that's facile. And as I'm talking this out, I, this is maybe just an audio therapy session for me. I don't know. Maybe you got something out of it. Maybe you didn't, but I know I need content here and I'm trying to break myself out of this goddamn funk too. But I think that's what this summer was about. Because you'll notice, if you go back and read that, the top five ways I've been mashing the nostalgia joy buzzer lately, they're all built on doing shit in real life. I mean, our high school reunion had so many people at it. Um, My friend Steven came up here, who I hadn't seen in a couple of years, and we just went around Denver and had a great time. Um, I went to Waterworld with another old friend. We, We went up to the mountains. We had this Beirut tournament. We've been doing shit in real life. God, I just went to a birthday party for one of my daughter's friends, and it was rad-themed. I mean, get out of here. And getting together with people in real life. I had my rad shirt on. The dad was dressed as Bart from the movie Bart Taylor. And I thought, man, this is phenomenal. Like, we need to get together and be silly more often. Like, just be ridiculous. I turned 40 this year, but and I feel more like an adult than I ever have. But I also feel more compelled to be silly than I have in a long time. Man, fucking dress up in the costume. Like, be ridiculous. 
go for the weird hairstyle. If, if you can alter your facial hair, I don't grow it fast enough for this to be a thing for me. But wear stupid facial hair for like a week and just do that. Give someone interesting, give someone something interesting to look at on your face. And man, just do it. Just this pandemic, has, if we've learned nothing from it, it's that you never know when all this shit can go away in the blink of an eye. And again, I'm being terribly, terribly prosaic and cliche here, which is maybe why my writing has gone so shitty lately. The words are not coming. The, the creative sentence structure, the good word choice. Instead, I'm just spouting cliches into a microphone. So maybe this is catharsis. Maybe this is exorcism. Maybe that's what this is. Maybe I'm exercising some of these shitty demons that are just floating right on top. Like my friend Jason and I always say, we watch this documentary about competitive eating. And the guy is like burping after eating this huge meal training for the Nathan's thing. And he goes, the pudding sits right on top. Which is so fucking gross as he's describing his burps. Because he's like got this little pudding flap that he says like keeps. And I'm like, God. And why can't I stop thinking about that? That is something I think about with way more frequency than any normal human being ever should. Yuck. Just shoot me in the face now thinking about it. But maybe, just maybe, by virtue of getting this out there and going on the stream of consciousness rant, maybe we can move forward. Maybe the show gets out of the ditch it's in. Maybe my creative funk ends. And shit, maybe we'll all have a nice fall. I hope so. I don't know for sure. I'm frightened about winter because I have spent a lot of time outside. And I was hoping this winter we wouldn't have to, like, eat dinner outside or, like, in these goofy igloos or these fucking, what are they called, like, geodesic domes. Because, I like, I don't want to go back to that. God damn, maybe that's it. Maybe I have dread, too, about it. Fuck, I don't know. Maybe that's why I'm so mad at the anti-vaxxers, too. But... Whatever. That's a topic for another day. Here's where we leave it. I will be back with real content here at some point. I suspect I needed to just get this off my chest real fast. So here it is. Take this episode, leave it. As you know, I don't listen to them after I do them, but feel free to talk to me about them. I'm sure I'll remember it to whatever extent I do. Uh, If you have feedback, if you have interesting things to say to me, hey, if you have interesting guests, Send all that to me. My email address is john at deftcom.us. J-O-N at D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. You can always get in touch with me on the socials too. That's Facebook, Twitter. Uh, pretty much just Facebook and Twitter. Instagram I'm on a little bit. And if you send me a DM there, I'll get it. But man, ever since Finn left, I don't so much do the worst coworker ever anymore either. Because he, he was generally funnier than Jax. Um, and now Jax is just sad because his buddy's gone. Which, god damn it, I'm going to be sad all over again. <clears throat> Let's end this thing on a high note. The day this airs, September 22nd, is a wrestling event that I have been looking forward to probably more than I've looked forward to a wrestling event in some time. And AEW is doing such amazing work in the professional wrestling space. I am so happy it exists. And it's going to be Daniel Bryan versus Kenny Omega at Arthur Ashe Stadium in New York. And that is a match that I don't think anyone ever thought was going to happen. 
And the fact that it is, and I think the fact that those two are going to want to really tear the house down is something that is a thing of beauty, which is a joy forever. And I cannot wait to watch it tonight. So that is my moment of joy for this. Also, Ruby Soho used to be known as Ruby Riot in WWE. She's now known as Ruby Soho comes out to the song Ruby Soho. She's fighting Dr. Britt Baker DMD for the women's championship. And I love both those characters. They, they are crafting stories that I just absolutely adore. And I'm thrilled that I get to watch this show. So that is my moment of positivity to end this show. Whatever yours is, feel free to send it to me. Hey, let's connect in real life too. Let's get in touch. I'll talk to you on the phone. Fucking send me a message. We'll set something up. We'll have fun doing that. Love it. Let's play the outro. The John of All Trades podcast is a production of Deft Communications. Check out Deft on the web, D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. Do all manner of communication, PR, whether that's training to go in front of the media, or if you need to get better at presenting to your staff or stakeholders or whatever. Doing a PR campaign, I can help you build it. Most importantly, if you're doing a podcast or thinking about doing a podcast, I can help you produce it. I will get the show structured, figured out, laid out, do all the front-end work, and then if you want me to, I will produce it as well. Hit me up, john at defcom.us, J-O-N at D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. Our sponsor is 4Degrees, the number 4, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. Anything you're doing online, 4Degrees can help you do it better. Whether you're building a website, running an email campaign, social media marketing, online advertising, some unholy combination of all of those things, 4 Degrees can get your campaign out there to the people who need to hear it most on a cost that's very reasonable. The number four, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. Like I said, socials, J-O-A-T-Pod is the handle. Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, and Instagram. Those previews go up a day or two before the episodes run. Wednesdays are the normal days for episodes drop. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Audible, Amazon, and basically anywhere else you get your pod. Hit that subscribe button. I'll be back here soon. Thank you for letting me be a part of your life. I hope you're doing well. And wherever you are, say goodnight, Gracie. That's good, Johnny.